Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Hello. It disappeared on me and then it came back. You can be seated if you can. I don't, the other part of that is if you cannot, I don't know what you're going to do. You can just go hang out in the back. <laughs> well, tonight I want to take a look at understanding the anointing of God that is on your life. The anointing, amen? amen. Everybody say, I am, I am. Anointed. anointed. Oh, I don't know. That didn't sound so believable. I am, I am. Anointed. If you're born again, there is an anointing from God on your life. Amen. And so I want to teach just for a little bit on the anointing and uh, how to operate and function in the anointing that God has placed on your life. You can't operate in my anointing. You, you can't operate in my anointing. You have a unique anointing from the Lord on your life that only you can function in. It's an expression that only you can give in the body of Christ. It is a unique anointing that God has placed on your life. You know, as you, as you look through history, you can see people that have operated in similar anointings, uh, but every anointing, every person expresses and operates differently in what God has placed on their life. And so I want you to function fully in what God has placed on your life. Amen? So I'm just going gonna to dive around tonight, give you some uh, thoughts and scripture on the anointing, and uh, you, I would encourage you to take some notes. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture uh, because, you know, that's just how we roll. I want you to have scripture. I want you to have Jesus in your, bo- in your belly. I want you, to have, I want you to have Bible in your belly. When you bleed, I want you to bleed Bible. I want Jesus coming out of you. So, uh, I, by the way, let me, I just want to brag on our core team. Our core team is comprised of our, of our church board, our ministers in training, which is our interns, our church staff, and our ministry of helps. And um, all of them, it's funny because, you know, it doesn't matter what is happening, what's going on in the church, or what situation we're praying about, or what we're believing God for. I say one word and 50 scriptures come at me (laughs) and I love it. I love that our leadership team is full of the Bible and uh, has godly wisdom. So I I appreciate that. I value that. I love love having a church that values the word of God, that values the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Some of you aren't so sure. Some of you are sleeping. We're not sure. Okay. It's Wednesday night. I got it. So... I love having a church that values the Word of God and the presence of God. Spirit and truth meet. Amen. Um, you, can, you can be a spiritual fruitcake and, and have all, all spirit and no balance with the Word. And, and there's, there's a, you know, and really that's not spirit, that's just zeal. Um, you know, you get people who are all zeal, all uh, charisma and no Word. And you, you get spiritual nuts, and <laughs> literally, you know. And then you have other you have the other end of that spectrum of people that are all word, 
and it's all legalistic. They become very legalistic, no spirit. And so I thank God for a church that has the balance of both. We have, I believe that we have both. I see that lived out. It's awesome. Well, let me start, let me just start off by sharing my personal story uh, with the anointing and learn my journey of learning to understand the anointing and um, just kind of where I, my background, you know, we, I was sharing this a little bit with our staff this week and uh, I'll just go into a little bit more detail, but I remember getting called into ministry. I grew up in church. Many of you know this story. I grew up in church, grew up in a, an assembly of God church. And uh, the church, when I was young, it was, a, it was started in a, in a revival atmosphere, healing ministry. Our pastors came out of the healing movement and such. And so um, it, was a, it was a revival church and a revival background at least. And um, I remember getting called, being called into ministry from the Lord when I was young. And uh, as I got older, the Lord just began to remind me of that. And when I was about 14, the, the Lord just reminded me of all of this, that he had called me into ministry and, and all that was going on. And uh, you've probably heard that story, so I won't tell you that story. You can get, get one of the podcasts and whatever podcast it's on, you can listen to it. But, but I remember during that season, the Lord really began to challenge me to spend time in prayer. You say, well, you're 14 years old. You know, what do you know? I didn't know much, you know, um, but I, I knew JBQ. I had been in JBQ, so I knew, I knew all the junior Bible quiz answers. But, but other than that, you know, I didn't know much experience, ministry experience, nothing. But I just knew that the Lord had said that I needed to spend my lunch praying and fasting. And, and so I did that. And at the end, about the end of that week, we were at a uh, youth area, youth meeting, youth rally, whatever you wanted to call it, and, and uh, the guest speaker had prayed for people, or had, had given an altar call. He, didn't, he never prayed for people, he just gave an altar call. And I just heard the Lord say to me, I want you to go up behind this person, I didn't know who she was, and I want you to go up behind her and, and lay your hands on her bag and pray for her. And I just thought, well, that's odd. I've, but it, it was learning, again, I was learning how to trust the Lord and flow in the anointing, flow with the Holy Spirit and what he was saying. Not always will you have all of the details, and that's okay if you don't know how it all, how it all is going to work out. And so I just went up behind her, put my hands on her shoulder, and she fell out. She fell on the floor, and I thought, oh, Lord, what is that all about? <laughs> and then, literally, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to go pray for that person. I did the exact same thing. Went up behind her, put my hands on their shoulder, and boom. Okay, well, that's odd. <laughs> and it just one by one, the Lord just started telling me, directing me who to do, who to pray for. And that just kept happening. I had seen, you know, when we had guest speakers come to town, I had seen that happen. You know, I, we had had an evangelist come to town and he went through praying for people. And as he started going through praying for people, everybody did one of these. Because everybody, everybody started falling on the floor or he started prophesying, giving words of knowledge and nobody wanted to be a part of that. What if he calls me out and tells me something in the microphone in front of everybody else? You know, nobody wanted to be a part of that. And they definitely didn't want to end up on the floor. So that had been my only really exposure. And then, uh, you know, so I'd, I was seeing all this happen. And then as the night went on, youth pastors were coming and getting me and saying, come pray for my youth. And so they were having me lay hands on their youth. The service had ended an hour or so before this. You know, people are just hanging out, worshiping, and people are on the floor now. And so they have me come lay hands on their youth. And I remember this one youth pastor bringing me over to his youth group, and I started laying hands on his youth ministry, and they all started laughing. 
And I'm like, what is this all about? They're all laughing. And, you know, just carrying on, laughing like hyenas, falling on the floor, rolling on the floor. I had never seen any of that. I had never seen anybody carry on laughing like that. And uh, so I just said, okay, Lord, well, we'll just go with this, <laughs> whatever you're doing, you know. Obviously, this is God. I'm not making this happen. <laughs> I did not ask the Lord, Lord, would you make people laugh when I lay hands on them? Would you make them fall? Would you make this girl fall when I lay hands on her? I didn't know. I didn't know anything about that. And um, so anyway, it just continued that I remember in our youth ministry, uh, not long after that happened, we were having a service. We didn't have a youth pastor. I was kind of the fill in there we didn't have anybody so I felt called to ministry so guess who they put in charge <laughs> and 14 15 years old um, and I, I remember we were having worship we had CDs going we we're worshiping there was this girl across the building and she wasn't looking at me she had her hands up her back toward me and the Lord said just just lift your hands and pray for her and I went I just went like this and she's literally from me to the probably the back of the room and she fell on the floor, and I thought, okay, well, here we go again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not that it's all about falling, I'm just telling my, my story. And, uh, you know, people, I remember praying for people and then telling me they felt like there was a river coming out of my hands, that they, there was pressure coming off of me, touching them, and all of this. And then, then I started seeing people get healed and miracles happening, and uh, God was using me in words of knowledge and words of prophecy and the spiritual gifts. All of these things started developing. All of these things started happening. And then I remember praying for this guy one time, and, and I just, I don't know what happened. I just remember he's standing there praying, and I literally punched him in the stomach. And when I punched him in the stomach, I literally punched, I punched him, like flat out punched him in the stomach. And when I punched him in the stomach, he was picked up and thrown about 10 feet back and hit a wall and slid down. He it wasn't, I was like, you know, wow, this is like a, you know, superhero show kind of thing, you know? Wow. But it was the, the anointing, you know, the anointing hit him and, and touched him. He didn't know. He wasn't hurt. Uh, the Lord just ministered to him, shocked the, you know, fire out of me, <laughs> but whatever. It was good, and, and so it just continued, you know, through, through all of my life, I've just seen that increase, and, uh, you know, I've been in different revival services, meetings, and all of the different things that I've seen the Lord do, and so what I, I always tell people, I never asked for this. I never asked, Lord, would you, you know, would you do what he did, make people laugh. Let me lay hands on people and make them laugh. You know, I never asked the Lord. I mean, do you know how foolish that feels when you are standing in front of, you know, the first few times you see that happen, you're like, okay, this is really weird. And then, and then you just kind of get used to it. Okay, I'm going to lay hands on them and they're going to laugh. That's just kind of what the Lord does. It's his anointing on my life. I guess that's what's going to happen. We're going to laugh. Or people are going to fall. Or they're going to roll on the floor. Or miracles are going to happen. You know, all of these things... And it's not about, please understand, it's not the falling, it's not about the laughter, it's not about the manifestation. But for me, I was learning as a young person, as a teenager, I was learning how to operate and flow in the anointing and what the anointing was, what the anointing did. And I didn't have anybody teach me. I didn't have anybody sit me down and say, okay, this is the anointing, this is what, how it operates. I had to learn by the Holy Spirit literally leading me and teaching me. Um, it wasn't later in life until I got around other ministers who operated in similar gifts that I actually felt like I understood and began to learn and develop in those areas of my life. So let me just give you some thoughts as regarding the anointing. First off, 
I would say that we have learned, generally speaking, as the church body at large, we have learned how to operate and do church without the anointing. I, I wonder if the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit was to be removed from the church, I wonder if probably about 90% of church ministry would continue happening because we've gotten so accustomed to doing what we do without the anointing. And uh, that's, that's a scary thing. We've perfected the art of ministry. We've perfected how to appeal to people's emotions. We've perfected how to appeal to people's senses. You know, you've got to have the lights right and the sound right and the, the thermostat right. You've got to have all of the outward things right. And not that there's anything wrong with those things. I, I'm good for all of them. But if, it's, if there's no anointing, Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. If there's no anointing, let's just shut down the house and go home. Let's go to McDonald's. They have more anointing on their Happy Meals. At least they're happy. You're in a church without the anointing. You ain't going to be happy. <laughs> it's kind of like... Operating without the anointing is kind of like taking a gun and shooting blanks. It looks like you're shooting a real gun. It, it has the effect of shooting a real gun, but it's still blanks. It's not going to do any damage. It's not the real bullets. And it's the same with the anointing. It looks real. It, it may have the same effect. It may, it may portray the same things, but it's not going to have any lasting impact. So we need the anointing. Amen. We must understand that the anointing has been placed in our lives and we must learn how to carry it and operate within the anointing that God's placed. If I were to give, this would be awesome if I could do this, but if I could, if I could give Zoe a, a bank account with a million dollars in it, it would do her no good if she didn't know how to use it. That million dollars would sit in the bank she could, she could dress like she had a million bucks, but if she never touched that million dollars, it wouldn't do anything for her. She could, she could talk and tell everybody, oh, I got a million dollars. But until she learned how to make a deposit and a withdrawal out of that million dollars, won't do her any good. And all of us as believers, many of us are sitting around with a million dollars, we're sitting around with the anointing in the bank not touching what's available to us. And our Father has provided for us all of the resources, now I'm not saying you, you were put placing a monetary value. I think you all know that. I'm not placing a monetary value on the anointing. But, but there, there is a wealth of resources that our Heavenly Father has made available to us in the anointing. And we have to learn how to make a deposit and a transaction with that, you know, a debit and a transaction on that anointing. So what is the anointing? Many of you have probably heard me say this, but the anointing is the power of God to get the job done. He's called us to make disciples. He's called us to reach the lost, and the anointing is the power to do that. It's the unction to function. <laughs> He's given us the unction. It's, a, it's, you know, it's the favor of the Lord, yes. It's the power of the Lord. It is everything that you need the resource of the Holy Spirit at your disposal to get the job done. Let me give you some important keys about operating in the anointing. First off, skill does not equal anointing. You can be skilled at something but not be anointed. I've heard skilled singers who are not anointed. Vice versa, I have un, I've heard unskilled singers who are anointed. It's great to have both. 
but I'll take anointing over skill. And skill does not equal anointing. A duck can fly, but it doesn't make him a pilot. <laughs> anointing is not a formula. Number two, anointing is not a formula. I can't give you A plus B equals C and you're going to be more anointed. <laughs> you're going to be more anointed because you abide in Christ. That is, that if you want a formula, there you go, abide. Formulas carry the anointing of yesterday, not the anointing for tomorrow. Why do we create formulas? Well, it worked. We saw, you know, we did A plus B and we saw a hundred people get born again. So therefore, that's how the anointing operates. We do this in church all the time. People, you know, people do that. Well, it works. So this is, and then we create formulas and think that if that church copies what we did, they're going to get the same results. Let me tell you what that is. That's idolatry. If you want to go copy what somebody else is doing, you're making yourself an idol. Instead of the Lord directing your ship, you now have some other pastor, another, some other church telling you what you need to do. There's nothing wrong with getting advice. There's nothing wrong with seeking counsel. But when you start thinking that what, what they're doing is going to work and be effective in my church, there might be a skill in play there, but it's not anointing. You need to find out what God has anointed you for. And do what he's called you to do. It's unique. When we first moved here, we said, Lord, what is, it that, what is it that you want us to do? What is it that Celebration Church needs to do that nobody else is doing? Everybody else has their ministry to this city. Where, where are people not ministering? And what can we do that's different? We don't want to be like everybody else. If we want to be like everybody else, then just go get one of those other pastors who's doing what everybody else is doing and bring them in and just duplicate it, right? That's what we want to do. Then just go get the person that you want to copy and bring them in, and then you'll have what they have. But if you want to be who God's called you to be, you've got to have somebody that's doing what they're called to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord on my soul. So we said, Lord, what, what does that look like? And the Lord spoke to us about Night of Hope, or our Hope Center, and the outreach, and it's developed, and it's, it, has, it was the breakthrough that we needed in the church to move forward and to see what God had for us ahead. Amen. It changed. It changed the atmosphere of our church. It changed the perspective of the people in our church. It connected with a vision that had been sown into the church many years ago and brought forth life in our day. Amen. Thirdly, a key about the anointing is we don't lose control when we are anointed. We flow with the anointing, but we are not out of control. We don't lose control. You can operate in the anointing and be biblically balanced. Now, let me say this about being balanced, biblically balanced, not person balanced. <laughs> not someone else telling you what balance is or is not. It's biblical balance. You know, in, in modern church world, they'll tell you that praying in tongues is not biblically balanced. They'll tell you that signs and wonders aren't biblically balanced. They'll tell you that interruptions while the pastor is preaching is not biblically balanced. They'll tell you all sorts of things that aren't true. They're going to tell you all sorts of things. 
You know why, you know why pastors tell you those things? It's because they don't want to lose control. It's all about control. It's all about influence. It's all about money. But when you look at the, I'm going to, I know I'm going to make somebody mad. Somebody's going to listen to this on the podcast. They're going to get mad at me. And say, but I'm just preaching truth. If you look at the, if you look at the New Testament church, Everything that modern preachers tell you not to do happened in the book of Acts, happened in the ministry of Jesus. So why all of a sudden do we get on a a, a tirade of preaching things that, well, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do this, but it's all through the New Testament. Now, people will say, well, the reason why we do that is because, you know, we just don't want to get out of hand. We just don't want to, you know, we don't want it to get out of hand. And here's my response to that. If you're a leader in the room and your, your fear is that your small group is going to get out of hand or your, the church is going to get, our church is going to get out of hand or whatever the case is that you're so worried about, let me ask you this. Has God anointed you? Has He anointed you? Yes, you have an anointing. If you're a leader then God's going to give you the wisdom to handle someone when they get out of hand. As a pastor, I'm not afraid whether or not people are going to get out of hand. I've seen a lot of people get out of hand. And you know what I do? Be quiet. Sit down. We have people trained to handle those sorts of situations. We deal with it. We disciple them. We walk them through it. No big deal. You know, everybody's looking for the person, be quiet, sit down. They don't want the pastor to get up behind the pulpit and correct him publicly. Sometimes that happens. But how many of you like to be corrected publicly? It's always nice when you have people trained that can work behind the scenes and tell someone to settle down and then ministerial staff who can walk them through it at some point and disciple them through it. It's much better that we walk in grace and give them an opportunity to repent and walk in love You know, some of the things we come up with, we're so set on being in control that we'd rather offend people over their enthusiasm and and zeal for Christ. We'd rather offend them than give them an opportunity to repent and walk in love. I'm just preaching. I'm just, I'm just telling truth. I'm just telling you the truth. I've seen this. I've seen people say, well, brother, you should have just corrected them. And there are times for that. If people get way out of hand, we'll do that. We've got people who are trained who will help us with that. But the anointing, you don't lose control just because you're anointed. So that's not an excuse to just say what you want to say and do what you want to do because you're anointed. (laughs) If you're operating in the anointing, you'll come under spiritual leadership. Because the anointing understands, the anointer understands spiritual leadership. He put it in place. He's not going to contradict. The anointing number four is not a magic genie. You don't just rub the bottle when you need the power to flow. Well, we're going to have a guest speaker in town because we need the anointing. Or I need, I need this problem fixed, so we're going to, we're going to which, by the way, while I'm thinking about guest speakers in town, Miracle Weekend's coming up. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. We're going to have a great time. And they are not our one-stop shop for the anointing, and we'll move on. They're going to enhance and add to what we already do. <laughs> 
And then my other thought about the anointing is this. With the anointing comes persecution. Look at Jesus' ministry. He had, a, he, he had a death warrant from day one. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and they wanted to throw him off the cliff. People never like it when you say, I'm anointed, and you learn. The de- why? The devil doesn't want you. You're, the enemy doesn't want you. People don't want you. Walking out in the anointing because it's the power of God on your life to do what he's called you to do. And the minute that you start understanding and walking in the anointing is the minute that you start fulfilling all that God has for you. You start cooperating with what God's doing in your life and there's a supernatural unction that comes on you and you learn to flow with that unction with what God's called you to do. All of a sudden, instead of striving over everything, it becomes easy. You're flowing with the anointing. Instead of, you know, you can know God's called you to lead worship or sing. We'll pick on Kristen. God's called you to sing and you can get up and strive singing every week. You can get up and strive every week. Or, or you can step in the anointing and all of a sudden the becomes sweet music and peaceful. Leading a small group, leading a ministry, whatever it is that you do, that God's called you to do, serving, washing the toilets, bless the Lord. You can strive over being the janitor, or you can walk in the anointing, and bless the Lord on my soul. These, these toilet seats are going to be anointed, bless the Lord. People are going to sit on them, and the fire of God's going to touch them. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Just don't fall out on the floor. (laughs) You know, when I understand the anointing, we have to understand that Christ is the anointed one. Christ means the anointed one. Christ, Messiah, the anointed one. Matthew 16, 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. John 4, 25 through 26. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, the anointed one. Messiah is Hebrew, Christ is Greek. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I am the anointed one. In John chapter 1, verses 32 through 34. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, this is interesting, John the Baptist is saying of God who spoke to him, the Father who spoke to him, the one whom you see the Spirit descending upon and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Notice that the, you know, John the Baptist made the declaration that he is the Savior. He will, he's the Savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But his, his declaration of who Jesus was was here. What he heard from the Father was he's the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. He's the one who sends the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And then in Luke chapter 4, Jesus stood up and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came. He stepped into creation. He stepped out of, out of eternity, past, present, future. He, sta- he stepped out of his heavenly timeline that we don't even begin to understand. And he stepped into creation where we have a start and finish point. He steps in fully and the Father anoints him with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist's declaration about Jesus, the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained. This was new. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people to do certain things. And he would come and he would go. He would come and he would go. We see this all throughout the Old Testament. But upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and remained. All of a sudden, there was a picture. There was a person that we could look to. You and I can now look to and say, Jesus is our example. He is the one whom the Holy Spirit came upon and remained. And the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and remain in all his fullness. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, then so do you and I. And if he needed the Holy Spirit to remain, then we definitely need him to remain. Christ is the anointer. Not only is he the anointed one, he is the one who does the anointing. In Acts chapter 2, verse 33, it says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Jesus, the one, what was happening on the day of Pentecost? Jesus was pouring out the promise of the Father. That's why I say Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not at odds. They're not in conflict. The ministry of the Holy Spirit Spirit is the ministry of Jesus, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 8, Jesus said this, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The same anointing. Jesus was saying to his disciples, the same anointing that's on me, I'm now sending you out with. Go. That the fullness of that had not yet come on the day of Pentecost, but Jesus was sending them with a measure of that anointing to go minister. Think about what happened with just a measure. And then on the day of Pentecost, the fullness, the baptism, the baptizo. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. And my speech, I love this. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I, I can give you, and, and this is, you know, a lot of, a lot of what's happening in, in the church world today is wisdom of man. And there's, there's sprinkled in some biblical truths, sprinkled in some personal interpretations of Scripture. Someone asked in the, in the A-team lunch on Sunday, well, wouldn't most churches say that they're, they preach the Bible? Yeah, I'm sure that they probably would. But when you go sit, are they really preaching the Bible? Is Scripture being read? Or is it a paraphrase? There is the, the power of God 
The power of life change, the liberty that comes, comes through the Word of God. I can go and, and tell you all sorts of great information. I can stand up here and give you all sorts of good information and make you feel good, tickle your feet and your ears, and you'll be happy. And you'll go home just as depressed as you came in. But if you're here and in your life on a day-to-day basis, I can teach you how to walk in the anointing, how to drink from the wells of salvation with joy. It will change your life. Your faith won't be on who's behind this pulpit. Your faith will rest in the Word of God and the presence of God. In 1 John 2.20, But you, say me, I have an anointing. Oh, everybody say that. I have an anointing. Everybody, I have an anointing. (laughs) From who? The Holy One. It's not from yourself. It's not from your skill or your good works. The anointing that's on your life is from God. Now, this next phrase of this, and you know all things, he's not calling you a know-it-all. You don't know it all. He's referencing what you know concerning them, the truth that you know about, of, about their ministry. What he's saying to them is that you have an anointing. You have the ability to discern because of the anointing what is real and what is not real. Yeah. When you have the anointing, you understand what real is. You don't need to mess around with the fake. When you learn how to operate in the anointing, you don't need to go to every seminar and workshop and learn about Ghostbusters. (laughs) How to deal with the ectoplasm of every demon. (laughs) Name thyself. You don't need to know all of that. There's an anointing on your life. In Jesus' name, get out. That's how it goes. End of story. Get in the presence of the Lord, the anointing. Be healed. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Romans 14.17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When you have the anointing of God on your life, you will exhibit the fruit and the character of the Holy Spirit. The anointing gives you power for ministry and strength in your character. You can operate in a dimension of authority and anointing and go and try to cast out devils or do whatever you want to do and they'll come and beat you up and drive you out of town. You can attempt to, to buy it. The sorcerer, Simon the sorcerer, let me buy the anointing to lay hands on. You can try to buy it. You can try to conjure it up. You can try to work. That's not how it works. The anointing is from God, and you will display godly character. 
Pastor, I was excited when you were talking about having power, but now you're talking about my character. Let me ask you this. Is your character able to sustain and support the level of anointing that God's placed on your life? Because the minute that you start what? You start laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed. If you ain't got no self-control, the next thing you're going to do is, it's all about me. Look what I did. I, I healed that person. God won't share his glory with another. You'll find yourself in a really bad situation if you try to do that. People say, well, why, why, do, you know, why do the ministers get exposed, blah, 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 all of those things? Listen, if it's, if it's in there, if it's happening, if it ain't repented of and dealt with, it's, it, it will come out. And it's not just about ministers. We see the minister. It's about you. Wow, it's getting, it's getting quiet up in here. It's about you. Well, pastor, that means I got to change. If... If you're content, let me tell, tell it to you like this. If you're content and you want to strive every day of your life and you want to just go through the motions and just live in complacency, then yeah, go, go for it. And, and take heed to what Paul wrote in Hebrews. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Because if you're not moving forward in God, chances are you're probably moving backwards. There is no place of complacency. You're either going forward or back. And so if you're really born again and you, and you really want to grow in Christ and grow and understand the anointing and abide, in, and abide in Christ, then guess what He's going to deal with? He's going to deal with your character. The anointing is going to come and confront you. The anointed one, the anointer, the Holy Spirit is going to come and remind you of truth and all those things that Jesus spoke. Didn't Jesus? I think he said that in John 14, 15, and 16, that that was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm not so sure that I signed up for that. <laughs> you know, I'm not so sure that I live, signed up to live uncomfortable, Pastor. I'm not so sure that I signed up to live with conviction. I mean, I, I signed up to get, get to heaven. I didn't sign up for conviction and life change. I prayed a prayer. The pastor told me he was making all things new. I thought, thought a minute it was over. I was going on my way to heaven shouting glory. That was it. Our, di our dilemma comes in when we strive with the Holy Spirit instead of cooperate with the anointing. When the Holy Spirit comes in and says, see this issue of self-control in your heart, we, we try to strive with that. We fight with it. Well, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to change this. And, all, and all, all that God wants us to do, all that He wants us to do is rest, yield, and say, God, come. Come change me. Anointing. The yoke is broken by the anointing. Lord, heal me, set me free. Anointing. So everything that we do, live and breathe as believers is based in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God, obviously, but then the, the anointing is what comes and brings the equipment, the power to get that work done. Whatever the Word says regarding it, the anointing is the power to accomplish what God has spoken. 
you're able to walk in freedom, if God said you can walk in freedom, if God said you can walk in new life, then guess what? The anointing is going to come and empower you to do that. If he said you could be free from sickness, if the word of God says you can be free from sickness and disease, then the anointing is what's going to come and break the bondage of sickness and disease off your life. If he said that you can walk in prosperity, then the anointing is what's going to break poverty off your life. We have to learn to cooperate by faith with the anointing and the anointed one and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The minute that we don't is the minute that we start operating as the Antichrist. Anti-anointing. When we don't cooperate with the anointing and we don't cooperate with the anointed one, we're operating with the spirit of the Antichrist. I'm distracted by the person on the front row. <laughs> We don't want to operate in the spirit of the Antichrist. But cooperate with the anointing. This is what happens when you sit on the front row. You might have hands laid on you. And the anointing is going to come and break every yoke. We're going to cooperate with the anointing. You. Say, what are you doing? Releasing the anointing. There's an anointing. We're all anointed. There's an anointing. You can you learn to operate in the anointing. You can learn to release the anointing. Stand up. Yes. You learn to operate in the anointing. You can be sensitive to the anointing. I can tell, I, I, can, I can feel the flow, the, the flow of the anointing. When I lay hands on someone, I can feel, I'm aware of what's happening in the anointing. I can feel it increase, I can feel it decrease, I can... And I, when I lay hands on people, it is my goal to not, A, lay hands on people until I can sense the anointing. And then I don't take my hand off until I'm aware of the anointing affecting them and flowing, touching, in, going into them, flowing into them. There's, some, there's a release of anointing that's happening. Is learning to cooperate. Now that's learning how to cooperate with the anointing.
wish I had another hand. Can you come help me? Yeah, just hold it right there. You say, what are you doing? Well, I'm using one hand to hold her up because I'm not going to let her go until I feel the anointing release me to do that. There's, there's lear it's learning how to... You say, Pastor, this is, I've never seen this before. Well, because most people don't teach you how to operate in the anointing. <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> I truly can't explain it. I just, I don't know. Now, they all got to behave. <laughs> People say they feel, sometimes it's peace. Sometimes the anointing flows like a powerful river. Jesus. Come here. Come. You come here. You white lady, come here. <laughs> She's wearing a white shirt. <laughs> Where's our Do we have a ting ting on the ding ding person? We can just play music. Yes, Miss Christmas. Come on up. <laughs> Jesus. You got essence. We just get all sorts of weird stuff. up here. Come on up, Jesus. We're just learning. We're flowing. Just line up. Get him. Come on over here. Um, all y'all, just come on over here. Just line up. Just line up. All y'all, just come line over here. Yeah, essence is fine. All y'all's. Quick, 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 quick.
Sometimes the anointing moves quick and the catchers get their exercise. Come on up. This, come on up. There's five, six, seven, eight, nine, however many of y'all there are. Just come on up, all y'all. You are anointed. You're going to walk in the anointing. You're going to walk. You're going to walk. You're going to walk in the anointing. Take, take, shoot, cop. You're going to walk. You learn to walk in the anointing. Learn to walk. Learn, lift your hands. Come on up here. Yeah. You're going to learn to walk in the anointing. You're going to learn to walk in the anointing. There's going to, there, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Lift your hands. Lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Why can't you at the grocery store just tell them, be healed in Jesus' name? Well, I don't know what's going to happen. You don't, you, many times you don't, know, you don't know what's going to happen when you're operating in the anointing. You just, the Holy Spirit's leading you and directing you down a path and you just begin to walk down that path and, 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 and help her come on over here. She's a stranger. I don't know who she is anymore. You can help her over here too. Just lift your hands. I don't know where we have room for her. Just find a place for her. Breath of heaven. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.